Hello, hello, and welcome to this mini workshop on how to build an ETF portfolio. My name is Stephanie Wolf, and I am super excited to share this information with you today. There is a lot for us to get through, so let's just dive right in and get started. Okay, so this workshop is really designed for the intermediate investor. This is somebody who uh, probably already is investing right now. Uh, you understand how to analyze ETFs and you're really looking to take your wealth to that next level, right? You're looking to accelerate and grow in your personal finance journey and your investment journey. Now, if you are a beginner investor, please do not feel that you do not belong here. Okay. You can definitely watch everything, take some notes and come back to the things that you need to learn a little bit more about because this is a great base for you to take that next level as well once you get there, okay? So what I will say is there's three big areas for us to talk about today, okay? The first part of this presentation, I'm gonna be talking about some of those concerns or things that you need to consider uh, before you actually start to invest in a portfolio. For some of you, this is a refresher. For others, this might be uh, new to learn, but it's just good to keep in mind, okay? The second thing we're gonna talk about, I'm gonna share with you three types of model ETF portfolios. Now, obviously this is a 30 minute workshop, so there is hundreds of ETF models that you can design out there. I'll share with you some tips on where you can get more information to continue to build on top of what I teach you here today. And then of course, the third part is common mistakes to avoid uh, when it comes to investing in your first ever ETF portfolio, because um, we wanna make sure that you're accelerating your wealth potential and not running into those common mistakes that can be uh, set you back, okay? So let's get into it. Hello again, formally, my name is Stephanie Wolf. You can follow me on Instagram at Wolf Collective Wealth, that's Wolf with an E. Um, you can think of me as your BFF, your best financial friend. I have over two decades of uh, industry experience working for some of the world's largest asset managers, uh, especially in the ETF space. So I am very familiar with this topic and I absolutely love to empower women to have the confidence and the knowledge to really accelerate their wealth building potential. I'm all about closing that wealth gap and it all starts with education. And to be honest, this is ETFs have changed. It's a game changer for anybody who's looking to build their wealth. Um, it's why I love them so much and why I'm so excited to be here with you today. Uh, so like I said, come along and follow me uh, on Instagram. You'll see all of uh, the information and advice that I share there. I have helped over 200 women to date uh, through one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching. And if you're looking for a place to accelerate your wealth, you know where to reach me. All right, so part one, let's dive into it. My face is in the way here. Uh, so there are really three parts. So we're going to talk about the efficient frontier. We're going to talk about uh, different types of accounts that you can hold and then different types of ETFs. Now I want to get into the different types of ETFs because they inform some of the models that we'll be talking about today. Okay. So the efficient frontier, you know what, I'm actually going to shut my camera off here. Um, just so that you can see the whole screen and not be distracted with my face. Okay, so the efficient frontier, uh, risk versus return. This is based on modern portfolio theory. Really good visual for anybody who wants to understand how you can, uh, the, the theory is that more risk you take on, the more return you get. Please keep in mind that it's not always the case, but this is really foundational when it comes to portfolio construction. So I wanted to share it with you here. Now, if you are somebody who is looking to approach retirement in maybe five to 10 years, um, you would probably be looking at a conservative portfolio, which is 80% in the fixed income space, 20% equity. If you are somebody who is maybe 
a lot younger, uh, looking to, you have a long time horizon uh, for investment growth. You would probably be looking at that aggressive growth portfolio, which is 80 or 90% in equity uh, and 10 to 20% in fixed income. Okay. So just wanted to highlight this here as a refresher around the efficient frontier to keep in the back of your mind as you're thinking about the type of portfolio you're looking to construct yourself. Now accounts to consider. Okay. <laughs> this is, I mean, I, I'm throwing this up here. I'm not a tax expert, but I think what's really important, all I want to call it here is that there's different tax implications depending on the types of accounts you're holding. So of course, in our registered accounts, which is the first bucket at the top, uh, there's going to be a 15% withholding tax on Canadian uh, ETFs that have US stocks in them. There's no way around this. I just wanted to call it out. And, you know, it's a small price for us to pay, right, for diversification. Canada is so heavily weighted in financials and uh, energy sector that the U.S. Uh, really gives us access to healthcare and tech. And so that is a good thing for Canadians, but I just wanted to call out there will be the withholding tax. Non-registered accounts, uh, you may be able to claim a foreign tax credit. So the key takeaway here is that uh, if you are looking to mitigate your taxes in some way, I highly recommend that you speak with a tax professional, but just know that these are the general um, overview for different accounts and the tax implications. All right, so let's dive into ETFs, my favorite topic in the world. Uh, there are, of course, over a thousand of them listed uh, in the Canadian marketplace, so it can be overwhelming. Um, and today what I wanted to do is just highlight three areas of ETF products that you can consider as you build out your model ETF portfolio. Okay. Uh, like I said, choices are endless. Okay. So what's really important is as an investor, you need to know exactly what it is that you're investing for. Okay. This is really going to keep your strategy aligned with your product choices and it's going to reduce that overwhelm, okay, with all those products that are out there. Now I know it can be tempting to build a portfolio to combat economic conditions, like say, a potential recession or inflation being very high. Um, and there's ways that you can mitigate or offset some of that risk in a portfolio, but the base really needs to be um, constructed on your personal goals. Okay. So just ignore the headlines and uh, in invest solely on what your future goals are. Okay. So broad-based index ETFs, you know, the OGs, uh, I love them. Uh, John Bogle back with Vanguard in the late seventies really was the, um, the person who introduced this passive style of investment products. They are cheap. They replicate the total market. They're well diversified. And they're just awesome. <laughs> they're really the basic building blocks uh, for any type of portfolio. Um, I, I, I love them and you can find them and they're super easy to understand and compare to one another. Very important that you understand what the underlying ETFs are or underlying stocks are within an ETF, which we'll get to in a sec. So here are uh, some of broad-based uh, index ETFs here in Canada. Um, I am not an affiliate with any of these uh, organizations with any of these companies. I have put them on here because uh, these are good quality, low-cost products that have solid track records. That is the reason they're on here. Now, when it comes to fixed income, you know, we've heard this question time and again, are bonds dead? You know, the traditional model portfolio that I showed at the beginning with the efficient frontier definitely has an element of like, we can call it income for, for the purposes of this presentation. Um, you know, this is your safety net, your, uh, within the portfolio. And, you know, in recent years with rising interest rates, investors might want to consider 
GICs or ladder GIC ETF options instead of just a pure fixed income play. I'm just putting that in there as a disclaimer, um, just because fixed income hasn't performed very well. Okay. Now the next area that I wanted to talk about in terms of like ETFs that are available is thematic ETFs. I actually really like them. Um, <laughs> I do. Uh, there's a lot of trends out there and it can be really hard to like pick a, an individual stock as a winner. And so I like thematic ETFs because they can give you exposure to, you know, a, a broad base of, um, of, of stocks or companies that are specializing in a certain area, right? So we have, you know, you can see Bitcoin and crypto over there on the right-hand side. Um, there's genome sequencing, medical devices, space exploration, cybersecurity. There's honestly so much out there. And, you know, if we think back 15, 20 years ago, nobody knew Amazon was going to be a runaway winner. Nobody knew that. <laughs> so by investing in a thematic ETF, you would get exposure to those sort of um, cutting edge technologies. So uh, a lot easier than trying to, to pick a single winner. Obviously, uh, as I've said, the highlights, um, easy exposure to a specific trend. There are some downsides to this. So all I want to say is that uh, they are a little more expensive than your traditional passive ETFs. Okay. And if a sector is hit hard, uh, you could see significant loss, right? Because as we all know, past performance does not indicate future performance. And the risk that you're taking in a portfolio does not always guarantee higher returns. Okay. But on the upside, they can be fun. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that's part of what, ET, you know, investing doesn't always have to be, um, you know, we can add a little bit of fun into our, into our portfolios if we want, if that's for you. Okay. Now the last section that I want to talk about is smart beta ETFs. Some of you may not have heard of them. They're also known as rules-based investing or factor-based investing. To be honest, like people within the industry fight about the terms, but they're all, they're slight nuances. However, um, the bottom line is that these products are very different than traditional ETFs. Okay. They are a little more complicated to understand. Uh, but if you're serious about creating an ETF model portfolio, um, one that perhaps is a little more advanced, this is an area that you should, uh, explore or just spend a little time understanding. Now, fun fact, I actually participated and years ago in launching some of Canada's first ever smart beta ETF products. And my audience actually wasn't Canadian investors. No, this was actually educating financial advisors on these products because some of the most attractive features of a smart beta ETF is that it's a hybrid between uh, active and passive investing. So you get the best of both worlds. Essentially, you've got portfolio managers and analysts that set specific factors or rules um, that they think are going to outperform over time and they apply it to the product. So let's say, for example, you want to capture returns of value-based stocks. You know, in the US, we know that uh, value-based stocks outperformed uh, from 1935 to 2015 in the US, right? The SP 500. So if you were investing in a US-based value smart beta ETF, it would be pretty attractive, right? So that's what you might want to consider when it comes to these products. There's pros and there's cons to these types of products. The pro is that you can really hone in on a specific strategy as it relates to uh, your investment portfolio. Um, the con is that because they're so new, it's actually a bit difficult to compare them within the industry. So the other thing that I'll say is that they are much more expensive than traditional passive ETFs because they have that active influence. So the idea is that the fee that you would pay would 
be, um, you know, the performance would outperform whatever fees it is that you're paying. Take a close look. Remember, past performance does not indicate future performance. So very important to understand what you're investing in when it comes to smart beta products. Okay. And if you're not comfortable with this area, that's fine. I would just encourage you as if you're an intermediate uh, ETF investor right now, your next level was probably going to be somewhere uh, in this space. Okay. Now here we get to the exciting part. This is the three types of sample ETF uh, portfolios that you can create. The first one is my favorite, the couch potato portfolio. Uh, second is core and explore. And then the third is one that I've kind of created myself <laughs> with the name called the Robo Replica. Uh, and I'm using it as inspiration to support your future model samples. Okay. So the first one is our couch potato portfolio. And, uh, as the name implies, it's really the easiest way to achieve a really good amount of diversification without doing a whole lot of work. And that is the beauty of it. Um, there's tons of versions of the Canadian, like the Canadian couch potato is probably the most popular. Um, but the entire philosophy is that, you know, you just get, gain the appropriate asset allocation mix, which is of course the number one indicative, uh, thing that will, will indicate your performance is your asset allocation. Um, while being extremely fee conscious. Okay. So you're aiming for market returns at the lowest possible cost. That's what makes this so awesome. So here we have our broad-based uh, index ETFs, and I have highlighted four from each asset class, okay? And the reason I've done that is because the Canadian couch potato model means that you can take these four asset classes, and depending on the type of risk return that you are looking to implement, you can create any portfolio mix that you want based on four ETFs. It is absolutely possible. Okay, so what I've got here is the uh, traditional 60-40. Um, you know, I, I would just, the, the caveat here is that there really is an art and a science to building an ETF portfolio because um, it's this blending of the portfolio allocation that's going to help you boost returns or lower volatility, okay? So, you know, for most people, a 60-40, uh, it, it's the traditional one, you know, medium amount of risk, but you want to protect your assets as well. Um, so how would you break this out? So using the broad-based index ETFs that I have here, this is what a 60-40 could potentially look like. Now I used Portfolio Visualizer to get these returns. I have a list at the end of this deck, which is going to show you some of the tools that I mentioned in here. So if you want, you can pause and write that down, PortfolioVisualizer.com. It's a fantastic tool. Once you have decided which ETFs you want to include in your portfolio, use Portfolio Visualizer to really build out what that portfolio could look like. Okay. So if you're, you know, invested $10,000 in 2000 and you didn't invest another cent, you're looking at, you know, 6.28% return. Now, if you wanted to take on a little more risk in your Canadian couch portfolio, you could look at 75% equity, 25% bonds. Okay. And using the exact same products, just different weights. You'll see here, I've upped the US equity um, to get a better return. So we're looking at an annualized return of, of 8%, okay? So that is essentially the most simple type of model portfolio you can build, Canadian couch portfolio. The next one that I wanted to talk about was the core and explore. Now, this one is a lot of fun. I actually, I do like this one because it is a model portfolio that dedicates 80% of its core holdings to stable, well-diversified investments like 
the couch potato portfolio, and then 20% to explore. So this is for people who are willing to take a little more risk. I call this 20% sort of the, that fun aspect of the portfolio. Okay. Now again, caveat, just because you're taking on more risk doesn't mean you're going to get the return. But what would this actually look like with a core and explore? Okay. So core uh, couch potato, if we were going to use 75, 25, this is what the model would be. This is your safety net. This is your retirement. This is whatever that long-term investing goal is. And you want to be sure that you're going to get the returns that you want. You're going to have this in your 80% core. Your explore is where you're going to take on a bit more risk, right? Let's say you are hesitant to invest in Bitcoin, but you're willing to put it into an ETF. Great. You would take 10% here. I've also included the iShares multi-factor ETF. That is one of the smart beta products that I was talking about. So keep in mind that, you know, if you're, if let's say Bitcoin goes gangbusters and you make an incredible return, good for you. Like that is one of the things about the core and explore. But I will caution that, you know, holding some of these products for a longer period of time may not always be the best solution. So always be sure to review the explore portion, especially in your um, annual rebalancing and assess at that time whether or not you want to continue to take on that risk. Okay. So if you had $10,000 to invest, this is how you would break it out. Uh, for the core and explore. Now, what I will say, again, I'm just cautioning here that it can be tempting to chase winners. So just you have to be of the right mindset and time frame if you're looking to take on um, higher risk here with these products, okay? It's, it's completely up to you. Choice is personal. Um, I will also say too that just because you have a core and explore ETF portfolio doesn't mean that you can't limit that 20% to ETFs. You can also consider investing in a single stock. Say uh, you wanted to own a Tesla stock, um, that could be potentially 10 to 20% of your core and explore portfolio. Okay, just throwing that in there. It doesn't always have to be an ETF product. Just be mindful of the fees that you're paying because they are going to be higher. So you want to make sure that you're able to offset some of those fees with the returns that you're getting. The next one is my made up robo replica portfolio. Now I wanted to put this in here because in Canada, we have some incredible robo advice platforms like Wealthsimple and uh, Quest Trade, where, you know, they, they have the DIY, they have the models done for you already. Okay. Um, now there's also fund providers like iShares and Vanguard that offer an all-in-one uh, ETF product, which is already done for you. Okay. So we're going to call this inspiration. Okay. These are products that you can really um, be inspired by. And for the robo advice platforms, we have Wealthsimple, Questrade, um, well-diversified with abundance of options. Now the cons, they're, they're using a lot of inputs and they're using AI as an algorithm to output what these portfolios should look like. They, it, it can be difficult to replicate uh, just because of the sheer number of funds that they actually hold um, within the portfolios and they automatically rebalance. I think probably, I, I can't actually say, I don't know how often they rebalance, but I'm sure it's a lot more than what uh, you would be doing as a DIY investor. Um, when it comes to Vanguard or iShares, if you happen to be a huge fan of Vanguard or of iShares, this might be the portfolios for you, right? Um, again, can be difficult to replicate just because they're in-house. Like not only are they manufacturing the products, they're also managing them. So they're extremely low cost. In fact, these ones are more cost efficient than what you're getting up here. I've got a couple of examples. So here is an example from Wealthsimple. This is their, uh, it's it's one of many 
classic, you know, portfolios that they have constructed with 75% um, equity and 25% fixed income. I've taken a slice here so you can see what some of the products are that they've invested in with U.S. equities. Again, great to get inspiration. See what they're they're using. What products do you think Wealth Simple think would be uh, good for returns? Okay international equities, emerging markets. So you can take a look in here and know, of course, these would probably be a higher MER. But if you're interested in this space, this might be some good inspiration for your model portfolio. Sample from, this is Vanguard's VGRO. You can find all this information on their website. Uh, you go to the top, you select VGRO. You can see the fact sheet. It will take you to the allocation of the underlying uh, funds that we have here. So you can see they've got, oops, I did not mean to do that. My apologies. You can see 35% here is in the uh, US total market. And then they've got the FTSE all cap Canada at 23%. So again, extremely low cost, can be difficult to replicate, but really good tool for getting some inspiration for the types of products that you can hold in a model ETF portfolio. Again, depends on your risk return. So now we're going to enter into the last section here. So these are common mistakes to avoid with your ETF portfolio, um, rebalancing tips, and then some resources for you to use. Okay. Common mistake number one that I have seen people make is not defining the strategy of the portfolio or using the market conditions to build the portfolio. Okay. It can be tempting to do this, but please don't do this to yourself. I'm going to stress it again. I said it at the beginning of the uh, workshop. ETF portfolios are truly for uh, long-term, okay? They're meant to be held for the long-term and they should be based on your financial goals, risk profile, and time horizon. You can offset certain economic conditions with some products, okay? Uh, and there's lots of information online on how to do that. But I would say that the core of this, um, the model that you build should be based on your personal preference and goals, okay? Hands down, number one thing to do. Number two, uh, it can be easy to own a couple of funds that might have a high number of securities overlap, okay? Uh, especially with the broad-based index ETFs, um, very important to double-check the companies that are held in the uh, in, in the ETF, okay? There can be overlap, especially if they have similar, um, similar uh, expectations for performance. So, be sure to do your research, take a look at what is being held in that actual ETF so that you can be sure that when you're adding it to your portfolio, you don't have that overlap, okay? Mistake number three is not knowing the fees that you're paying, okay? Not only when you buy and sell an ETF, but also the fee of the product itself because they do add up. So we have some incredible um, platforms in Canada where you can have the ability to trade ETFs for free. So... Uh, good resource for that. I highly recommend you check out um, Money Sense Magazine. Every year they, they do a fantastic overview of the discount brokers in Canada and they have a chart where you can see the different fees that you're paying for different um, trading fees and, uh, and accounts for everything available to you as a Canadian. So um, I'll list that resource at the end as well. Now, when it comes to rebalancing, this is very important. I'm all for the set it and forget it philosophy when it comes to building an ETF portfolio, um, but know that portfolio drift happens, okay? So uh, what I recommend to many of my clients is when you're filing your taxes, um, it's time to check in on your portfolios, on your investments. And that is a good time to ensure that the allocations that you have set out in your model 
have not drifted. And this can happen if you've got a, a runaway winner. Let's say something went gangbusters. You know, maybe the U.S. economy had the, you know, your U.S. product had a 30% return. Very important for you to then either sell and buy into the other ones, which I know feels counterintuitive, or you just add more money to the remaining um, ETFs to bring them back to your original allocation. Okay. You can buy more. So it's completely up to you, but checking in on that rebalance. Now, another good tool, Questrade has recently introduced passive. Uh, this allows you to, um, they, they give you flags or email alerts when your portfolio has drifted. So that is something if you're, if you're concerned about to, to look into, there are solutions out there that will help you with that portfolio drift. Okay. Resources. Never stop learning. Okay. So ETF.com and Morningstar are probably two of the best, in my opinion, when it comes to researching the products that you're investing in. Good to just keep up with headlines. I mean, you can always use your, your, um, the, these tools and put some alerts on there. Uh, whatever discount broker you're looking at, sometimes you can, you can ask for, uh, alerts on certain prices, et cetera, and they'll send you an email or flag it when, uh, maybe, an ETF that you've been looking at is in line with what your expectations are for buying it. Um, Money Sense Magazine, again, I mentioned them. They have that great tool every year um, where you can go on and look at the differences between some of the robo-advice platforms. Portfolio Visualizer, excellent tool. If you are inputting some of your uh, ETFs, ticker symbols, don't forget to add .to at the end because that is going to make it on the Toronto Stock Exchange, which is where you will likely be buying your ETFs. Um, but sometimes I'm just calling that out because sometimes it actually doesn't show up on Portfolio Visualizer. So be sure to add the .to. And of course, shameless plug, Collective Wealth Podcast. That is my podcast. And uh, my last series was focused on ESG investing. So I interview some really great experts in the industry and getting their opinion on ESG. Now, ESG is one of those, I, I put it as a thematic in, our, in uh, our overview there, thematic ETF. Again, because there is no standard regulation for measuring ETFs, very similar to Smart Beta. So just keep these things in mind. And I'm going to put my camera back on so I can say goodbye to you before I end this presentation. So please, like I said before, feel free to connect with me. You can find me on Instagram at Wolf Collective Wealth, and that's Wolf with an E. Collective Wealth Podcast is there. Instagram is my favorite. I'm on there all the time. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. Send me a DM. If you have any questions about this presentation, uh, please feel free to reach out. I'd be more than happy to answer them for you and help you on your wealth building journey. Again, take care. And I hope to hear from you soon. Mm -hmm.